0: Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I am so glad that you have joined us today. If you are a part of our Lighthouse Church family, we would love to connect with you via our social media at Lighthouse Church NC or online at LighthouseChurchNC.org. We want to get you plugged into a connect group or on the Dream Team so that you are doing life together with people just like you. We hope you enjoy today's message and stay tuned for more announcements at the end of our podcast going to be in the second chapter and uh, we're going to read a couple of uh, scriptures there in Matthew chapter 2 and then we're going to slide over to the book of Luke I'm going to keep you standing for the reading of God's word and then I'm going to seat you I'm so excited for what we have today we're beginning a brand new sermon series called the gift can you say the gift the gift and i'm so excited to share it with you let's read some scriptures and then we'll get into it matthew chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 jesus was born in the town of bethlehem in judea during the reign of king herod about that time some wise men from eastern lands arrived in jerusalem asking where is the newborn king of the jews we have seen his star as it arose and we have come to worship him fast forward the verse 10 When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They're still talking about the wise men. They entered the house where the child and his mother Mary were, and they fell down before him and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I'm going to jump over to the book of Luke now, so let's go to the book of Luke chapter 1, a couple of scriptures there that we're going to read, and it starts off on verse 26, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. That's important. He was a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused And disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel told her, for God has decided to bless you. You will become pregnant and have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. He will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. For the next few moments, I want to speak to you on the title of today's subject, Jesus is King. Jesus is King. Let's pray together one last time. Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for all the incredible things that you are doing here in this house. We felt your presence from the moment we walked through these doors. God, you've been moving in this worship service and now we're at this point, Father, where we're going to stop our singing and just listen into what your Spirit is saying. Father, I pray that you would do what my words could never do, that your Holy Spirit would talk to every single person in this room, that you would speak to them in the way that they need to be spoken to, that they would hear from you the word that they need to hear we all come from different backgrounds and we all come with different needs but father you know the needs and you go before us so father we submit to your plan today and we humbly ask that you just have your way in this house in jesus name we pray amen clap your hands one last time and you may be seated jesus is king now it's um It's that time of year where we talk all about Christmas and I'm excited about it because this is you know when you're part of a brand new church everything's a first and so this is the very first Christmas series that we get to do and we're going to be talking about um, Christmas now unfortunately I'm going to mess up all of your Hallmark Christmas cards today I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to do that to you all. But I'm going to give you some truth about Christmas. I'm going to give you some context about Christmas. But I guarantee you're going to learn something about Christmas that you may or may not have known. But when we get to this passage of Scripture, and I'm talking about in Matthew, we pick up in the story where there are three wise men, and they, are, they resided. It's Most scholars believe that these, these three wise men, they resided in Arabia, and they saw a star in the sky and the bible calls these men magi they they they, they were wise men but that term magi means that they were they were they were scholars but they were also magicians and not in the magicians of evil sorts of practice nothing like that they were they very learned men they were very scholarly men they were likely magician that's why the word magi um you know the word magician derives from that word magi but these were also men who were astronomers they were smart men they were studied men and they see this star in the sky that they've never seen before and it caused these three wise men to begin studying where did the star come from and 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 why is it different than any other star that we have seen before? So they began to study the appearance of that star, and 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 they're they're, they're turning um, history books that were published at that time upside down, trying to understand what does this star mean. And after months and years of research, they arrived at the conclusion that this star fulfilled the Jewish prophecy that the Messiah had been born in Jerusalem. And so these men began to travel to Jerusalem. And by the time these wise men arrive in Jerusalem, it's been about two years after Jesus was born. You see, I told you I was going to mess up your Hallmark card. Okay, I know in your Hallmark card and most of your Christmas um, and most of your thoughts about Christmas, there's that scene where the baby Jesus is born. Sweet baby Jesus wrapped up in swaddling clothes made famous by Ricky Bobby. Sorry, Teledega Nights reference. Um, But there's baby Jesus there inside of the manger. And I, I know that the cards show that in come the shepherds and the shepherds did come. And then I know that the Christmas cards tell you that in come the three wise men. But the wise men actually didn't show up until two years after the birth of Jesus. And when they show up in Jerusalem, they go to the king at that time, King Herod. And they ask him, where is this child? Where is the child who is the future king of the Jews? You see, we studied the prophecy and the the reason we saw that star is because Jewish prophecy prophesied that the next king of the Jews would be born. And so... Herod didn't know where, what to tell them. He had no idea. He's just learning for the first time himself that there's another king in Jerusalem. I mean, he thought he was the only king. As a matter of fact, and we're going to get to it in just a minute, he got upset to learn that another king had been born. And so he sends them in on their way. He says, I don't know where to tell you. You guys are going to have to look because this is all news to me. And so these three wise men continue to follow the star until eventually they get to the house to where Mary is, Mary, Joseph, and their now toddler, Jesus. You ever picture Jesus as a toddler? So they get to this place to where Jesus is. And when they entered into the home, the Bible teaches in the book of Matthew that they brought gifts with them. And that's why we're calling this series The Gift. They brought the gift of gold. They brought the gift of frankincense. And they brought the gift of myrrh. Now, each of these gifts, not only, and this is so powerful. thats why we're going to be teaching about this all month long. Not only did each of these gifts confirm the prophecy that the Messiah would be born, but each gift in addition to that would begin to point to the future of the life that Jesus would live his plan here on this earth and how Christ sent his son into this world to eventually die for all of our sins. Every single gift either confirmed prophecy or pointed to the future of of jesus now each of these gifts has a, a, a symbolic meaning that we're going to break down the first one is that the gift of gold represented that jesus is king we are going to be talking about that today okay the first gift represented that jesus is king the second gift represented that jesus is god and and the third gift represented that jesus is the final sacrifice so gold symbolized his kingship here on earth and that's the first thing that i want you to note down the gift of gold symbolized and it confirmed that in fact The king of the Jews had been born at this time in in history, gold was a gift that you brought to a king. If you go into the Old Testament you'll see throughout the scriptures that any time someone brought a gift to a king they would bring gold it was this gift it was the gift of gold that they would give to the king and that is why one of the wise men came and he thought the only gift that I could bring that is fitting for a king is that I would bring gold and so he came and he brought the gift of gold and he laid it at Mary's feet now this confirmed the Old Testament prophecy in second Samuel chapter seven we'll get it up on the screens where it says Jesus is now speaking to king david through the prophet samuel and it says for when you die david i will raise up one of your descendants and i will make his kingdom strong he is the one who will build a house a temple for my name and i will establish the throne of his kingdom forever and so all the way back you're talking about thousands of years before jesus is born david receives a prophecy that david out of your seed out of your lineage, a king is gonna come. It's gonna come through your family tree. And, and and we read in the book of Luke, and I said it's really important to note that Joseph comes from the lineage of David. I don't know if anyone in here has ever done that ancestry.com. Anyone done that ancestry thing? That DNA thing? I know some people in the room, I've not done that yet. I'm afraid about what they're gonna do with the results. Yeah, you see that? All the other conspiracy theorists are like, "Amen." <laughs> I know the stuff they're doing now, right? I mean, your thumbprint, the Apple, your face, your DNA is all a bit much for me. Anyway, so so da- da- David David is told that the King's going to come through you, and, and and the Jews knew about this prophecy, and this prophecy is confirmed in that Jesus comes, and his father Joseph, his earthly father Joseph, is a descendant from king david and when gabriel comes to announce to mary listen mary you're going to have a king you're going to have a son who's eventually going to be king we see that the prophecy is now pointing to the fact that this little boy this little baby that would be born would be the king of israel now in in fitting terms god would do something that had never been done before ever and god would come to a young girl who was engaged to be married but the bible says she was at that point in time a virgin and so the word of god comes her and says you're gonna have a baby and she pushes back and says but i've never been with a man that's a very logical question to ask right I know this isn't um, seventh grade health class, but we all get it in the room. How is it possible that I could possibly have a child, let alone the king of the Jews, if I'm engaged to be married and I'm honoring my vows and I've not yet had, I've not yet even had a relationship with the man. How is this even possible? But isn't it just like God to do things that only God can do? Isn't it just like God to move in such a way that he'll do something that no man can claim that they had anything to do with it? That's the way that our God works. Clap your hands if you believe that. God works in such a way that he'll do things so that nobody can take credit for it. Has God ever moved in your life in such a way that you knew that it was God? Nobody could take credit for it. It wasn't the bank. It wasn't my boss. It wasn't my pastor. This had to be a God thing. And the powerful thing is just like God moved thousands of years ago through Mary so that she was able to supernaturally become pregnant with Jesus who would eventually become the king of the Jews and the king of the world that God would come to her and do That miraculous thing, I believe God still does miracles today. I said, I still believe that God still does miracles today. That's such a hope that we have, to believe in a God who still does the impossible. There's a lot of people that don't want to make Jesus Lord of their life, and that's their prerogative, but I love knowing that I've got someone that I can go to when I need the impossible done. I love knowing that there's someone that I can call on when the doctors say there is no hope. I love knowing that there's someone I can pray to that will move heaven and earth to reach me wherever I am. He's a God who still does miracles. And I've seen God do it time and time again. One of the latest miracles that I've seen, and I refer to him oftentimes, was my grandfather. My grandfather, many years ago, was diagnosed with really bad diabetes, and they said, spend time with him because we're giving him about two years left to live. And and then you can imagine how that rocked our family. So we told Grandpa, I said, "Okay, Grandpa, we're gonna do a whole lot of praying. You're gonna go do dialysis because because up until that time, my grandfather, like many stubborn old men, refused to do dialysis. How I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Stubborn old men." Yeah, and, and, and so, so he, he started doing dialysis. Listen, they said he got about two years. Treasure these years. Every, every Christmas we would show up with a camera. Okay, grandfather, is there anything you want to say? This is going to be your last Christmas. Once we got to about year 10, we put the camera away. We said, he's going to live forever. How many you know that God still does miracles? We put that camera away. We said, you know what? Clear? 15 years later, God took him back up into heaven. But that's what God does. God does. The, I've seen God do the impossible. I've seen God do miracles. I've seen God do things that defy medicine. I've seen God do things that defies the educational system. I've seen God do that. And that's hope that I have. How many of you have that hope in this room to know that God can do the impossible? And so as I mentioned earlier, when when the wise men finally walk into the room, there has been two years have passed since Jesus had been born. And these, guys, they, these dudes walk in bearing gifts, right? And they look the part. They look amazing. They come in. I don't think they had gifts that look like these, but aren't these amazing gifts? I love all the Christmas decor. And so they come in, each of them bearing a gift. But I got to imagine at this point in time, the Bible tells us that when Jesus came into this earth, he came into this earth just like every other person. He was tempted in every single way. He bore every bit of, of, of affliction that we bear here as humans. So Jesus baby Jesus is throwing up just like any other kid does baby Jesus is stinking up his diaper just like any other kid baby Jesus is crying at night just like every other kid all the parents can I get a good amen on that and I'm sure after two years Mary's probably thinking if he's the king of the world why can't he exchange his own diapers he's the king of kings and lord of lords but there's no nanny helping me raise this child He's the king of kings and lord of lords, but why am I still dealing with everything that any other mother has to deal with, with their toddler? And imagine, if you will, it's been two years. And and, and, and parents in the room, y'all know what I'm talking about. What happens at two years? Too much, she said. Too much happens. I can't even begin to explain. Too much starts to happen. And, and, and you can imagine, there's probably some nights where she's probably looking at her husband like, Okay, now I know this was a a miraculous birth, but he's just like every other kid. Is this really the king of kings and the Lord of lords? But then imagine three dudes roll up with gifts out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Up until this point in time, Jesus looks like every other baby, talks like every other baby, stinks like every other baby. And in walks in these three wise men all the way from Arab, and they come in bearing these gifts. And you could just imagine how that woke up Mary in that moment. Oh, my God, he is who they said he is. And, and church, I'm telling you, they didn't just come up with like some recycled Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer sweater like some of y'all about to get. Okay, I mean, they came in with gold. Anybody want some gold for Christmas? Oh, the ladies, they spoke in tongues right there. Like, yes. <laughs> Bring the gold. <laughs> they, 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 they show up with some good gifts and they lay it before her. And I, I, I can't help but think that in this moment, it was this reminder to Mary. He is the king. Jesus is king. Jesus is the Messiah. And she needed this reminder because how many of that sometimes there's what God said he's going to do and there's a time you got to wait for what God's going to do. Well, how many of you have been in church long enough or you've been on this journey long enough to know that just because God says I'm going to do it doesn't mean it's happening tomorrow. And that's difficult for us to deal with, especially in this microwave generation that we live in, because we like to expedite things. We like to move things along quickly. And he said he's the king of kings. And two years later, she's like, and what? Where is he? I mean, what's going on here? And in come these wise men. They roll up. But here's what happens. This is the next point that I want you to write down. When they brought these gifts, the gifts began to set things into motion the gift began to set things into motion. So not only does she get the reminder that her son is special, but shortly after this, okay, they received the gifts and here's what happened. The angel Gabriel, who had rolled up some two plus years earlier and told her, you're going to have a child. She tells her, She tells her fiance at the time. There's some incredible memes about this, about Joseph finding out that Mary gets pregnant. Anyway, I always think of memes when I tell stories now. Should have put it on the screen. You would have loved it. But but Mary tells Joseph, I'm pregnant, and it's not yours. It's no one's. It was the Holy Spirit. You can just imagine. Joseph's probably hanging out with his friends. They're like, yo, bro, (laughs) you still want to marry her? I mean, it was so bad because the Bible says that Joseph was like, I'm done. I'm putting this woman away. And that's what the Bible literally says. He thought to put her away. I don't even know what that means. Does that mean put her on timeout or put her in a clock? I don't know what that means. But the Bible says he was thinking about putting her away. So the angel has to come to Joseph and concern him. It's like, yo, Joseph. Gabriel has to make a second appearance like... Yo, for real, for real. She's pregnant, okay? Like, for real, for real. Joseph's like, are you serious? And so Joseph finally accepts it. It literally takes a a heavenly visit to convince Joseph not to put her away. So he's in on it too. But now the angel, that same angel, rolls up a third time. So here's Gabriel. And he rolls up on them. And I don't know if you've known this, but that same angel, Gabriel, he rolled up on them five times. This is time number three. He rolls up on them, and and this is shortly after they've received their gifts, and he tells them, you guys need to get away to Egypt. Because when these wise men came and told King Herod that the king of the Jews was born, and they began to tell him the timeline. You know, we saw a star about two years ago. We had to figure out what that star meant. Once we figured out what it meant, we had to travel over here by foot and camel. However it is that they got there, the Christmas cards said camel. So we'll just believe camel. So they had to travel by camel. So by the time all of that had happened, Herod started doing the math. And what Herod did is he told everyone, hey, here's what we're going to do. I'm the king. No one else is king. So we're going to start killing all of the two, two something year old kids, and he issues this decree. So the angel comes to Joseph and Mary and says, "Y'all need to go, because Herod is killing all of the toddlers." is that isn't that disgusting? Herod is killing all of the toddlers. And so after they they, they receive these gifts, they, they the Bible says that they flee because the angel said, you need to go to Egypt. And so whatever Gabriel says, that's what we're going to do. Pregnant, I accepted it. Whatever Gabriel says, we're going to be good listeners. Hey, Gabriel said, go to Egypt. So they flee to Egypt. And do you want to know what this confirmed? This confirmed another Messianic prophecy in Hosea. Let's get that scripture up on the screen there. And in that scripture, at the very end of that scripture, it talks about how uh, the Messiah would be born and that he would come through Egypt. And at the very end, it says, and I have called my son out of Egypt. And so this confirmed yet again. Once again, Old Testament prophecy is confirmed because Jesus is born in Bethlehem. But if he never gets to Egypt, how does it confirm the word of the Lord that says that he would call his son out of Egypt? So, so Herod has to start killing little kids. The gift set things into motion. Gabriel shows up, says go to Egypt. And all of this confirmed what the prophet Hosea wrote. That the Lord would call his son out of Egypt. So so it was necessary for Joseph and Mary to go down to Egypt, but was it convenient to go down to Egypt? Let me remind you. They have a toddler. It's not convenient to do anything with a toddler. I don't care that it's baby Jesus. It's not convenient to do anything with a 2-year-old and yet Gabriel's saying you got to go to Egypt to preserve his life. And off goes Mary. And off goes Joseph. And when I think about this for a moment, I think Mary's plans are constantly being interrupted for her life. Think for a minute. First, she's engaged to be married. She's planning her wedding. She's picking out flowers. She's picking out dresses for the bridesmaid, all the things that the women do. And all of a sudden, the angel comes and says, you're going to be pregnant and you're going to give birth to a child who's going to be the king of the Jews. That interrupted her plans. And... Finally, when they overcome that hurdle, now they're, they're doing life together, her and Joseph. They're raising the baby. You know, it's a big secret to a lot of people. Many people just think that, you know, was one of them fast pregnancies. He's really fast. You know what they say when people elope. Anyway, um, so, so now they're, they're raising this little boy, and, and they're, they're not telling anyone that he's the Messiah yet because that was their word. They're keeping it real private and personal. And then Gabriel comes once again and says, now you guys got to go to Egypt. I don't know about you all, but I hate moving. Anyone else hate moving? And 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 so they're born and they're just like hanging out in Bethlehem. And then it's like, yo, you got to go. Go where? You got to go to Egypt. I don't want to move. Moving sucks, doesn't it? And so they've got to uproot and move again. But now they're not just moving because the angel told her to. They've got to move with, listen, with the intent to preserve the life of Jesus. Because they're told Herod's killing all the two-year-old. So this isn't just like, well, We got to move from North County to South County or South County to North County. This is like, we got to move and we got to go in hiding. Because what we have to do now is make sure that nothing happens to baby Jesus because he's the king of the Jews. And as a two-year-old, he can't help himself. They don't put this on the Hallmark Christmas card, do they? This ain't the Christmas story you all thought about growing up hearing. And now they're they're moving in. But I, I think the reason she was able to handle all of this is because when Gabriel first came to Mary and first told her, Mary... You're going to have a child. Her final response to the angel Gabriel was, be it unto me according to your will. She had always had a posture that whatever God wills for my life, that's the thing that I'm going to do. And I wish more of us would get that posture in our lives. I wish more of us would have that type of heart. God, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. And that was Mary's heart. And that's why I believe God knew that he could select her of all the women that he could have chosen. He chose her because he knew she had a heart ready to respond to anything that God told her to do. And God is saying, I need you to. He says through his angel, now you got to go to Egypt. Life once again interrupted and off she goes into Egypt. So Mary and Joseph, they, they flee into Egypt. Now. I want you to to catch this for a second. The young carpenter and even his younger wife had to pack up only what they could carry and preserve the mission that was on their life. God didn't just say you're going to give birth to baby Jesus, but with that came the message that you also need to watch this baby when the king is trying to kill it. And her attitude this entire time was, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. If you need me to go here, that's what I'm going to do. If you need me to do this, that's what I'm going to do. If you need me to go here, this is what I'm going to do. And then I, I, I didn't put this originally into my notes, but as I was studying, I, I had to circle back to this because just like the Lord knew that he could trust Mary and Joseph, I believe that our maturity can shape what God can do through us. Let, let that sink in for a second. Our maturity shapes what God does through us. The reason Mary was able to parent the Messiah was because of her maturity. And and I think that there's some of you that want God to do more in your life and God's just waiting for you to grow up a little bit. God just needs you to mature a little bit more. God just needs for you to get to this place where you're able to say and not just say God knows that your heart and your actions will back up what you say that I will do anything that you want me to do. And it's incumbent upon us to get to that level of maturity that wherever God calls us to, that's where we're going to go. We got to get to that place of Christian maturity. We got to get to that place of discipleship that if God is saying, this is what I want you to do, then that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm not saying that it's easy. Every day it's a journey. Every day it's something that we have got to come to terms with. But I do believe God is asking us to grow up. I do believe that God didn't just save your life for you to just be saved and to stay in the place that you are. That's why our mission as a church is for people far from God to fulfill their potential in Christ. I believe that when you grow up, there's more that God can do through you. I believe that the more you mature, there's more that God can do through you. I believe that the more that we trust God, there's more that he can do through you. It's not a God thing. Oftentimes it's an us thing. It's not a God thing. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. I love that word above all so much that we made that our 2020 theme at Lighthouse Church, above all. God's able to do above all that we ask. But you got to get to that place where you can handle the weight of God's response to you. That you can handle the weight of what he's going to do through you. I'm going to come to a close now if I can get Brother Ruben up here. You know, this is something that, that um, is very personal to me because I've shared with you many times that um, I, I went to Bible college and, and um, really felt like I should have been pastoring a church or leading the congregation in my 20s. And God made me wait a while. I knew I was mature enough to know this. Don't get ahead of God. But there was still some things that I thought, man, how come we're not there yet? And I would love to be there. And God was grooming and making us wait. But I realized that that the reason that process was delayed is because there's a special calling on this church. There's a special weight of this church. And I had to get to a place where I could handle the weight of this church. That day one, right out the gate, we'd already be a church and a congregation that wants to not just see a local impact, but a global impact. And so there was a weight that came with that. And I had to wait for my maturity to get to a place where I can handle what God was getting ready to do through me. But not just through me. Through you. Look at your neighbor and tell them what God does through you. Because let me get you to the final point of what I came to talk to you about. The final point that I want to make. And let let me play this up for a minute, okay? In God's perfect plan... And in God's perfect timing, two years after Jesus is born, when I'm sure Mary could have sure used some encouragement, when Mary sure needed that reminder, three wise men walk in the door and they're all bearing gifts. And one of the gifts is gold. The gift of gold. You give it to a king. But do you want to know what that gift of gold also did? It's the last point that I want you to write down. The gift of gold financed the mission. Because this carpenter had to uproot his family and go into Egypt listen when the carpenter goes the work doesn't go with him that's why contractors all the contractors in this room if I'm like hey I'm going to move you to another state you're like but my clients are here my work is here this is where the security is and so just before they're about to go on this mission God sends gold their way because God's always 10 steps ahead of us isn't he God sends gold into their house and the reason not only was it prophecy that he was the king of kings but it also financed the mission that Joseph was getting ready to undertake because he's got to go and move his family into Egypt and go into hiding but you still got to buy food you still got to buy diapers you still got to protect your family and there's God making sure the gold came at the right time There's God making sure that the gift came at the right time so that when they went into Egypt, they would never go hungry. When they went into Egypt, they would have the money that they would need to make the trip. When they went into Egypt, that they would never lack anything. And that's how our God works. Come on, let's give God praise that he's always 10 steps ahead of us. Let's give God some praise that he's always thinking about us. Let's give God some praise that he knows. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others. Or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.